You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday afternoon, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sessman Securities in Johannesburg. David, it's obviously going to be a quiet week this week and also next week as well because it's two four-day weeks because of the Easter holiday on Friday and Monday. And incidentally, what is the Jewish holiday arrangement over the same period? Passover. Yeah, Pesach. So when do you take time off yourself? It's it's, uh, Friday night, Saturday night. It's on the weekend, so there's no time off. Okay. <laughs> what do you get enough? And of? You, you forgot on the 27th a holiday here as well. I know. Which is a Wednesday. And then Thursday, May the 1st. Friday, you go back to work. And then the Monday, this well, it comes to the 2nd of May as well. Yes. So you've got uh, from now on to the end of the month, it's, it's holiday time for South Africans, you know. Very good. I'm actually taking advantage of that maybe the second holiday by, by going to Barcelona to watch them play uh, a game. But anyway, that's, that, that, that's by the by. Let's have a look at um, a couple of announcements that have come out of the Stock Exchange News Service of the JSC today. One was Purple. They came out with results. And I don't know much about that company anymore, but you'll tell me in a moment. Anyway, the share price down about 5%. And the MTN story, which we have spoken about before, this Momo thing, which is mobile money, they've become a bank. Nigerian authorities mm. have said, yeah, the, the, this bank, as they call it, is, can now do business. And I just yeah. thought MTN have invented themselves from, from or rather reinvented themselves from being, just, a mo- from just being mm. a mobile telephony provider, mm. service provider, to now a yeah. bank. And so yeah. it's, essentially yeah. it's a financial services company now with people that use phones. Mm, mm, mm. And and that's the danger facing banks. Mm. You know, it's 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 a positive for the mobile companies, but for traditional banks, it means that they've got to kind of relook at their model. Um, yes, there, there, there could be a bank in between, but even if there is a bank in between, it means that their margins are going to be compromised. Um, what I mean by that is. Um, you know, if you look at a lot of fintech today, it goes from my wallet. I can I can say, pay you directly without going through a bank. Um, you know, there there are a lot of models like this that are starting to emerge, Vimo accounts and so on in America. Um, so you, you you're doing away with uh, the middleman. If it does go through a bank, generally there will be some margin compromise as well. So for me, this is a threat to, to the banking industry and why I start to be, you know, I'm concerned about where banks are going to go and how they're going to make their money. You know, those traditional banks with the marble halls and marble pillars and, you know, um, you go, you, you stand in a line or a queue and you have to wait to go see the teller. You know, that's going to die out. So I think I think this is a massive threat for you know for for our traditional banks. They'll defend it, but um, you've got to start. This is this is a big theme as well, and and they've got the connection. They've got first of all they've got the customers, and they've got the connections. You yes. know, so they they just link one customer to another. <laughs> you know how difficult is that? Yeah, and you go. You go so and, I, and, I pay and, my debt to you by just sending it through Mnet or whatever. And you go into a shop. It doesn't matter whether it's in Nigeria mm. or South Africa, mm. or you go overseas and you're in Paris or something. You just take your phone, you put it up against their little device there, and it's paid instantaneous. Yeah, it's, from it's my wallet to yours. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so that was good. Anyway, MTN was up. Uh, very good. Yeah, it, it, it is are. good and, and well done to them. They're slightly ahead of the competition. And when I say the competition, I mean Vodacom or Vodafone mm. um, in that regard. But well done. It's a, a South African company that has it's had its troubles, but is um, getting itself back on track. Life Healthcare came out with a trading update. I don't want to talk about that. Tell me about Purple. What is Purple? Is this one of those you know, financial services companies that was during the boom times formed itself? What has it done now? What does it do now? Well, it's got a company called Easy Equities, mm. and it, that makes it very easy, literally, for um, people to deal on the stock market. And you can buy fractions of shares, and they're opening their whole product range. So credit to Charles Savage. They're signing up a huge number of, of customers. And I wouldn't call it a Robin Hood, but I suppose in a way it's it's filling that gap in a market that Robin Hood did. And, you know, not, not everybody can afford to phone up a broker. I have to tell you, you know, uh, it, it, it's quite a story to open up an account with a broker. Many stockbrokers want to say or financial institutions say, you know, you haven't got enough money and they push you off to so-and-so to somewhere else. Yeah. Here, if there's a young person, and might not only be young, it's a, a person starting off with a, without a huge amount, of money, huge amount of money, wants to start buying shares, you can. You know, you can get, um, you, you, you know, you can get direct involvement in the market without being fobbed off onto a unit trust or onto some other you know, ETF or something. You know, you want to buy, you want to buy um, NASPERS or you want to buy Goldfields or anything like this, you can go into that. So credit to them for for what they have done. And a lot of people you know, are trading through it. So um, it's, it's, it's still a relatively small company, but the share price has done exceptionally well. And they want to start adding more products to it. You know, so they will go into anything that, that people want to buy. And that's not done in a – I don't say that in a negative way. You know, they will cover areas. If you want to buy Bitcoin or something like this, I think they're going to go into those areas. I've still got to go through their results in greater detail. Yes. The, the only negative and the reason they've come down is that they've run very hard. You know what I mean? They've run exceptionally hard. There's nothing wrong with the business model, nothing wrong with the way they're running the business, just that the share price has taken off um, dramatically over the last couple of years and, and perhaps looking on the expensive side relative to the market. So... They the, the problem is that I don't know whether they can continue to sign up new clients at the same pace that they have. That's you know that that we have to ask, and I think hence they're starting to go into other products. But um, I don't want to criticise them, and I don't want to say that you know I, I would. I just hope that they can continue to build the business up because they're fulfilling a very good service for. You know, for the stock exchange. Yes, they are. And Charles Savage is a good chap. I think he used to be with yeah. IG, didn't he? Wasn't he with IG in the past? Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's right. Yeah. That's when I first started yeah. interviewing him. He's a good bloke. And if they can, mm. you know, get blood out of a stone, in other words, sign up more and more people, because I, I mean, it's like it's like banks getting new customers. I can't imagine how Easy Equities gets new new customers, apart from the fact that they give a good service. And um, mm. you know, people are certain people are getting jobs and making money and want to after listening to David Shapiro, want to speculate in the stock market. So, yeah. No, but you know <laughs> what I mean? It's exactly that. Mm. It's, and I, I encourage that. I encourage young people or 
people to to uh, follow their instincts and to get involved in the market. And there's low cost. Yeah. There's absolutely no cost. And and uh, good for them. And people are making money. You know, on on, on that. Look, at markets are hard at the moment. I'm not. Uh, uh, you get ups and downs. You know, you're gonna you're gonna continue to get ups and downs and that. But but uh, they must just plug away at it. You know, I, I don't think this year is going to be as easy as last year in the market. You know, particularly in smaller medium caps. I think it was an exceptional year. But but still, you know, it's up to them to keep people interested, even in even when markets do slow down. Yeah. Okay, good. There's not much going on for the rest of the week, I don't think, David. Mm-hmm. In terms, of, we we had a South yeah. African manufacturing number out today, which showed mm. that uh, there was a 0.2 percent increase, which was below expectations, which is which yeah. is quite poor. But we're used to these uh, spotty pieces of data. I just want to talk about Russia a little bit, and I just want to get your opinion on this because I I have a, a friend in Russia. She's in the financial services industry, very successful, and. I thought I'd ask her about her political opinions, and I said, "I said, how are you?" And this is these are my texts to her. How are you? Does the special military operation affect you mentally and materially? She says, "Hello." Prices for everything went up by about twenty percent. So she was completely avoiding the political yeah. question. Yes, I said, yes. "I said, finally, do Russians really believe Putin?" She says, of those I know, yes. Now, you know, she's not dealing with poor people. She's obviously He's dealing... probably putting her in a very compromising position. Well, anyway. Yeah. So anyway, mm. she says, of those I know, yes. I'm not explaining myself. Where are you? And I said, and you? What about you? He said, she said, these are mandatory measures. Putin defends the Russian world. And I said, I don't think murder is mandatory. I'm surprised at you. In any war, there are losses, she says. Yeah. And she says now it seems She's, that there, there, yeah. are, there are more victims in the information war. They are being indoctrinated by Putin or they are totally. so fiercely patriotic She's, that they can't see anything. No. But she's an incredibly she's intelligent dead. and successful woman. She's She can't say anything. Mm. Maybe. She's being monitored. Therefore, she cannot come out and criticize or you'll get her locked away. Yeah, And that's that's how bad it is. You know, you going back to... Uh, a Khrushchev area or even a Stalin area at the moment. Yeah. And she dare not on social media you could be right, direct actually. contact with you. Yeah. Uh, they, you can hear from the way that she's answering. Those are very uh, – there's no emotion. No, there's, it's just, all matter uh, of fact. There's all, it's all matter of fact. Yeah, she probably yeah, – because yeah, she's in a quite high position. I, I would be careful, yeah. Mm. I was just asking. <laughs> no, no, I know. I know that's happening. That's that. That's exactly what's happening. People are dead scared to to say anything um, in case it's interpreted as being anti-war, anti-Putin, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's very sad. Uh, the other thing, David, uh, because it's a quiet day today, although the S&P is now down three quarters of a percent and looking a little bit uh, vulnerable, uh, we've mm. had a few conversations over the last um, months and years about um, we've, we've, we've always been very positive about South Africa when, when it's justified, but also we've spoken about broken South Africa and we've spoken about railways and, you know, there's, there's, no, pub- uh, uh. there's no railway service, there's no public uh, transport uh. and infrastructure in general, uh, whether it be uh, the, the national airline or people not getting water in their homes. So we've, we've uh. talked about all these things. And I thought of another one today because a friend of mine, my business partner in another business, 
came over to Rotterdam about three years ago, a family of five, him and his wife. His wife's a teacher. As I say, he's a CEO of a company that um, I'm involved with. And they've got three young boys. They're now between the ages of 11 and 15. Okay, and this is quite a thing. I mean, I, I'm full of admiration for him for taking a fam and his wife for taking the family of five and transplanting themselves from Cape mm. Town, mm. beautiful Cape Town, swimming pools and and sun and beaches and all that sort of thing, and coming to Rotterdam, which quite honestly mm. is a huge culture shock. But they've done it. Yeah. And I was talking to him the other day. We hadn't seen each other for a few months, and he spent Friday afternoon with me. And we had loads of fun, and we talked about it. I was talking about his family. I said, how are the boys doing? He said, they're doing really, really well. I said, are they speaking Dutch? He said, yeah, they all speak fluent Dutch. In fact, they speak more Dutch now than they do English. And they've made friends, and it's been fantastic. I said, and how is the schooling? I said, he said, schooling's absolutely fantastic. I said, well, it must be quite expensive. How much were you paying in Cape Town? He said, well, it was a state school, but a fee-paying state school. I think it was Saks they went to. Uh, uh, um, uh. And he said it was three and a half thousand rand a month for each boy. So let's say it's with with a couple of other things, probably about 11,000 a month. So what is that over 12 months? 130,000 well, or something. 130, yeah. Yeah, 130,000 rand a year. Uh, which is you know cheap compared to the, the the fully private schools, and I said, "How much are you paying in the Netherlands?" And he said, um, fifty and I thought he meant fifty thousand euros. I said, "Crikey, that's quite expensive." He said, "No, no, no, just fifty euros. It's just an admin fee they, they, <laughs> they all they all go to the same school and I said, but yeah. Is that all? Yeah. He says, yeah, and they're, all, they're, they're playing water polo yeah. and football and getting this great education. And as said, they've yeah. taught them how to speak Dutch mm. and in extracurricular mm. lessons, 50 euros a year for an admin mm. fee, mm. David. And I thought to myself, yeah. you know what? Yeah. The, the, the unrealized potential of South African kids of the same age and they're not getting it. They're mm. totally being let down by the state. Education suddenly came to the fore. And I sat down and I thought about it and I thought, what a waste of a generation and maybe future generations in South Africa. I couldn't put it more articulately. You know, it's, it's exactly that. And uh, you are depriving them of education. You're depriving them of opportunity as well. And, and, and for me, that's the sad thing, is that um, they're not going to grow up with the same kind of uh, opportunities that they will in Rotterdam, where the whole world is open to them, where they can do exactly what you do, get on a train and go to see uh, you know, how many different countries are within uh, an hour's drive or maybe an hour or two. Mm. So I think, I think this is a country that could... When I say could, I mean it needs a lot, lot of work now. There is no, I don't know private schools. There might be a handful like Saks that are still making it. But if the fact that they're charging that kind of money on a monthly basis shows that they're almost semi-private, that the only way they can attract teachers is to induce them with some kind of extra incentive. Um, you know, Saks is always, it's Rhonda Bosch. Boys High, yes. which is uh, you know, which has always had a good name. It's like Kess here, like you know, King Edwards here, and that if you're a good sportsman, they'll take you, and so on. But but um, it's it's it, it's you know, we're we're facing it's a tragic issue here, and it's not being made uh, any easier by the politics. 
Um, I, I, funny, I wrote an article on Friday and I said that so many people just kind of brush aside um, the social degradation that we're seeing, you know, the decay that we're seeing in infrastructure. And they keep saying, oh, my, my, you know, I've got a good job. My kids are in good schools, um, private schools, mm-hmm. you know, um, whatever. And I've got a lovely house. We go to holiday in the Mediterranean or we go to our house in Plate or whatever it is. So they brush aside all the problems and say, we're living in this little cocoon. We're not really um, you know, conscious of what's happening outside of the cocoon. And they just drive with closed eyes. But I mean, um, Lindsay, what is becoming more and more noticeable is just the complete decay of the roads yes. of anything around us. You know, once you, once a hole emerges in a road and I mean, there are chunks of roads that have, uh, and these are big thoroughfares that are just being closed down with red tape because of huge, uh, and we've had massive amounts of rain as well, which hasn't helped us as well. Just big, you know, holes are just, just appearing in the roads. And, and there's not, the world is not here. The world is not here to, to get it right. You know, it's, it's, I can't explain. I think for me, that's the most distressing part of it is that, we're so involved with politics, or so diverted by politics, you know, um, that that we don't we don't get down and do what we should be doing. That's what a government should be doing. It should create the foundation so that the population can do what they get, what you're doing in Rotterdam, and what those kids are going to do in Rotterdam. Anyway, yeah, yeah it's it, so it's, it's 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 pathetic. I'm saying, you know, really, really pathetic. It is difficult for the government because the the prioritisation of the, the the budget, for example. I mean, I think the mm. the finance minister, he he did a good job, but I mean, there's only so many slices of the pie that you can you can yeah. you can yeah. you can hand out. So where do you start? Do you start with the immediacy of people needing benefits because they are on the on the on the poverty line? I mean, some people are actually boarding, bordering on starvation in in some areas mm. not being able to get water uh, women having to walk a, a kilometer every day to get a bucket of water and that sort of thing because there's no service delivery do you start mm. there mm. or do you start mm. with the long-term plan of education i think if i was the anc knowing that i'm not going to be um uh, challenged by any anyone else the eff is not going to do it the da is not going to do it so you know you've got another 20 30 years in power maybe start mm. with the long term and start with the education process because in a generation yeah. or two's yeah. time it's going to benefit yeah. the country but politicians don't think like that because in 20 no. 30 years no. they're going to be you know dead what? or not in power I, I, i'll tell you a story and i'm going to keep names out of it okay just going to keep names out of all of this or any or situation anything but sitting there and i see four black vehicles black in color vehicles i don't know whether they were bmws i couldn't suvs all um same number plate you know in uh what's the word consecutive order yes you know all four outside of one you know they stop at a fancy restaurant um, out of them, a most beautiful woman emerges. What a magnificent-looking lady. When was tall, this? When was slender, this, by the way? Beautiful. No, I'm not. Yeah, you know, recently. Oh, recently. Okay. okay, that's fine. Recently, yeah. She emerges out there, etc. Boom. They go down. The four vehicles go down and park. Out comes a cabinet minister for lunch. You know, dressed also to the hilt, and and that's what they want. Do you know what I'm saying? 
So you look at this, say, that's our cabinet minister. First of all, I doubt whether that might be his wife, it might be his girlfriend. I don't know his marital status at all. But you can see, you know, exactly why do you need four cars? You know, why do you need four of these all going out for lunch on a Friday? And uh, um, you just say, you know, this is what, this is a priority. You know, that, that epitomizes, that's a priority. It's and how, not, mu- and how the, much would you suppose man- that, that cost? I mean, uh, the, the, well, the, the, the cars I'm cost making, millions, you know, obviously. Yeah, but also parading the girlfriend as well. You know, the fact, if it was the wife, they would have all got out together. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it wasn't his wife or it was whatever. So I, 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 you look there and you say, okay, you know, uh, this is a kind of restaurant. It's not, um, it's not a poor restaurant. Uh, things are expensive. It's not a top restaurant. It's, oh, it's a very good restaurant. But I'm saying that, that, that this, there, he has the show. And this is what they like to do. And this is so, you know, when you call a country a banana republic, this is so typical of the trappings where, as, as, I, as, you, as you were saying, so many people have got on the breadline. But this particular cabinet minister, is, he's not interested in that. He's more interested in, in parading, you know, with fancy dress, um, whatever. And it's, a, it's pretty similar to the EFF as well. You know, they like that as well, like Gucci revolutionaries. Uh, they know they know how to wind up the people, but at the end of the day, all they want is the trappings of power, driving fancy cars, wearing fancy watches, and 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 I think that's the sadness of 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 where South Africa is: the will to fix the roads, the will to to give a proper education system, to get teachers to teach properly, and that is not there. And that that's why, if ever you needed a regime change here, change of attitude. You know, it, it's now, and this continues. You know, everybody's scared. There's a consensus view. You know, you can see even, I think, the one thing, uh, there was a there was an article by Tony Leon this morning in um, in Business Day. Yeah. Just, and he ended off with South Africa, you know, with, with, with our attitude towards, um, towards Russia. And uh, just, you know, what we've done to our name. As um, as a country of morality, you know, by siding with Russia and what they're doing now, and not not acknowledging. So I think I think it's a country that that from Mandela, from the, you know, from, from where we were in those 90s to where we are today is just it's 180 degrees in a turnaround. It's just nothing close to what we envisaged. No, it has been. It's, it's, it's pathetic, you know what I'm saying? I, I, uh, but there's so much potential. It's, it's that's, that's, what's, that's what's upsetting. Wow. There's so much potential. You've been yeah. blessed with resources and, and uh, geographical and topographical beauty, and yet oh. it's not been taken it's not been taken care of. It hasn't been exploited. Exploited is a, an aggressive no. word to me. It hasn't been Mm-mm. taken advantage of anyway. Just to go on to that story about the um, the, the four cars for a minister and his yeah. lunch partner. Let's let's call her that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, anyway, when Mark Rutter, the prime minister of the Netherlands, formed a government in 2017. Um, it, it says here, I'm looking at the article, it says here, needing to inform King Willem Alexander of his new government, Rutter shunned the armoured car uh, oh. in favour of two-wheeled transport, peddling the short distance to the Nordinder Palace and even locking his bike up on arrival. 
and so he cycles. You know, you have to, you know, mm. like like Boris Johnson oh, has to go yeah. and see the Queen, and there's there's mm. a cavalcade. Mm. I understand that people yeah. have to have security, but in the Netherlands, Mark Rutte just gets on his bike, puts on his bike if the weather's good enough, puts on his bicycle clips, and, and off he goes. Yeah, I know. It's I very know. strange, isn't it? I know. I know. I know. Well, this is a show. You know, if you reach a position, you know, you that that's what's happened. You know, that's what's happened here. And I think probably a lot of other countries around this continent as well, where you become a menier, you know, instead of saying, listen, I'm a servant of the people, you know, I'm here to serve them and to make sure that I make their lives uh, a lot better. That's, that's exactly what politicians should be. But instead here they become uh, aristocrats. What, what, what's the word, you know, and, and, and they, this is all taxpayers' money and no one says anything. It's just pathetic. And least of all the ANC, and that's what's happened to them. You know, that's that's really what they've come after being after fighting so hard for almost a hundred years for democracy, you know, to to for civil rights and everything. They just abused it. It's 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 Animal Farm all over again. And if ever you wanted to to match the book Animal Farm to a country, and you know, I have a look at what's happened here. Okay, let's talk about something. And those are harsh words, you know what I mean? And, no, and I, don't, really I don't say them. I'm not, I'm not standing on a cardboard box and making a political speech. I'm just saying this is what's become of us. David, let's talk about more pleasant matters. I yes. won't talk about Ipswich. <laughs> I won't talk about Arsenal because they, were both, uh-huh. they both had disappointing weekends. But I will talk about the beauty of Manchester City mm. against Liverpool. Mm. And I was watching Match of the Day 2 last night on BBC One. Alan Shearer is—he—he—he he was a fantastic player, and he's mm. a great commentator, and he's a really good, solid, down-to-earth chap. And he was waxing lyrical. He said, "I've never seen in Premiership history uh, two teams that are so skillful and mm. give you give you such joy when you watch them." He said he was in raptures watching that game. Uh, yeah. last night uh, it was um, 5.30 mm. South African time he said you've never seen such quality and Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola are just such incredible managers yeah. and yeah, okay there's a lot of money involved and they they buy good players but you can give anyone you, know, you can give you and, or me a load of mm. money and we'd, we'd mm. mess it up mm. but these mm. two these two blokes are amazing and it was incredible entertainment I don't know if you watched the mm. game no, it, you know what it wasn't what was good about it is it was so good to see a battle between two evenly matched teams, you know, without one dominating. Because yes. every probably virtually every other game that we watch, uh, you know, on, on, on in the Premier League, there's one team that just completely pulverizes the other, you know, 70 percent. Seventy uh, percent possession versus thirty—you know those kind of games—and yeah. eventually you know what the result's going to be. Can they hang out for a draw? Can they hang out? That's all—that's that's what you're hoping for, you know. Almost defend, but this game, you know, both of them had a go at each other, and it—it uh, um, it was incredible to see. I thought when City went up one 0 that was it. I thought they were going to score another one, yeah. one all, you know, and then. And then, uh, you know, two were, but great goals. Yes, one was disallowed, but rightfully so. And I think the goals, you know, the goal that was disallowed was way offside, but uh, there wasn't even any margin in it. But, I mean, it, it, it really was great. 
Yeah. And uh, I, I, I must say, I credit to them. After I just made me more depressed after that, you know, because as an <laughs> Arsenal fan, I said, "Oh my God, you know, you're a generation and a half away from the I don't know when." Because even if you manage to creep into the top four, the gap between you, <laughs> between them, and the other two sides is just so wide. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. There's a, there's a gulf between Arsenal and uh, and and yeah, and and those two. But even Man United were shocking. Oh yeah. God, that that, that oh, makes God. my heart sing though. I know. But, uh, anyway. I know. I know. Okay, David. Thank but you. that that hmm? made out. You know, that made I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I'm glad. I actually glad it. I wanted City to win. But uh, I'm glad that it ended off like it did because I think uh, you know it was a very fair reflection of what happened. I think City had slightly more chances, but still, anyway. Yeah, but anyway, all jolly good fun. Could have kicked some of them, yeah. <laughs> Could have gone on and bashed some of them for, for messing up some moves, but that's beside the point. You know, it's, it's always great when you're sitting on the side. <laughs> David, thank you very much oh, for your yeah. time this evening. David okay. Shapiro is from Sassam Securities. That was Shapiro World. And David will be back with me tomorrow evening with Nick Kunza from Sun and Private Wealth for the five o'clock shadow. So please join us then. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.